Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 20th of March, the 79th day of 2023, giving us 286 days on our way to 2024. Today is the United Nations International Day of Happiness, asking everyone to be mindful, to be grateful, and to be kind. This morning is our last prologue to spring, as Sylvia Plath would have it, since by afternoon today we'll be officially in spring, if only at the beginning. Locked in crystal caskets are the lakes, writes Plath. Yet, as we wander, what can come of ice? Green singing birds explore from all the rocks. Today in 1760, the Great Fire of Boston destroyed 349 buildings. Today in 1800, Italian physicist and chemist Alessandro Volta reported his discovery of the electric battery, writing a letter to inform Joseph Banks, the president of the Royal Society of London. Today in 1852, Harriet Beecher Stowe's Uncle Tom's Cabin was published in Boston. Today in 1854, the Boston Public Library opened as the first large free municipal library in the United States. Today in 1930, American fast food restaurant chain Kentucky Fried Chicken, founded by Colonel Harlan Sanders, opened in North Corbin, Kentucky. Today in 1933, Dachau, the first Nazi concentration camp, was completed. Today in 1934, American all-around female super-athlete Babe Diedrichsen Zaharias pitched a hitless inning for the Philadelphia A's against the Brooklyn Dodgers. Today in 1965, civil and women's rights activist Dorothy Height's first column was published in the weekly African-American newspaper, the New York Amsterdam News. Today in 2003, the U.S.-led coalition launched a ground invasion of Iraq. Heavenward this week, our thin, waxing crescent moon during the evenings in the western sky keeps company first with Jupiter and then Venus. By the end of the week, our moon can be seen near Aldebaran and the Pleiades. About a month and a half ago, the White House announced that our government will no longer be officially concerned about COVID as an emergency come May, though that does not mean COVID is not having an impact on our nation and on the world. The New York Times reports recently that the U.S. averaged about 27,000 confirmed cases of COVID daily this past week, with 353 deaths per day. That's around 2,471 deaths this past week in the U.S., or approximately one death every three and a half minutes. Initially appearing front and center in the general theater of attention when it emerged over three years ago, COVID has become increasingly ignored, as though that approach will make the virus non-existent. Moreover, for anyone remotely interested in our omnipresent 21st century plague, we find the scourge gradually being euphemized from pandemic to endemic. Even the stalwart Johns Hopkins University of Medicine Coronavirus Resource Center website homepage has posted this notice lately. JHU has stopped collecting data as of 3-10-2023, after three years of around-the-clock tracking of COVID-19 data. 
Nonetheless, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, COVID remains the number three cause of death in our country, with number one being heart disease, number two being cancer, number three being COVID, and number four being accidents. In 2022, 300,000 people died of COVID and 200,000 people died from accidents, any sort of accident. U.S. traffic accidents account for 46,000 of the total accident death toll. So at the moment, your risk of dying from COVID continues to remain seven times higher than your risk dying in a traffic accident. Locally here in Orono, the university's spring vacation ended this past week, and today we return to classes. Chancellor Daniel Malloy recently announced that the University of Maine system will no longer require students to be vaccinated against COVID. That announcement occurred while my girlfriend and I, teaching five classes between us, have been witnessing a COVID testing positivity rate of about 20% among our students, twice the national average. These days, little mitigation is happening as the University of Maine administration in 2023 continues to approach the question of COVID on campus ambivalently, stating in its official pronouncements that masks are welcome, but required only at the individual professor's request. Therefore, many classes have enrollments that are totally unmasked, and some have enrollments required to wear masks. Despite the increasingly transmissible variants COVID is gracing us with this year, Additionally, various administrators from one of the colleges on campus recently experienced an outbreak among themselves. They, too, had no longer been wearing masks while in close contact with one another. Since COVID's onset more than three years ago, 105 million cumulative cases of COVID have been reported in the U.S., the most of any country on the planet, proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 677 million cases, when we're only 4% of the world's population. One million of the world's cumulative 677 million reported cases were recorded this past week. Elsewhere around the globe, major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places in cumulative numbers of infection, respectively India, France, Germany, Brazil, Japan, and South Korea. On the fatal front, globally, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.9 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 1.2 million. Worldwide, more than 13.4 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. But remember, only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and only half of those vaccinated have had a minimum of one booster shot since. Today in skiing, Norway in 1828, prosperous general store merchant Knud Lesner Ibsen and his wife Marischen Altenberg Ibsen had their second son, Henrik. The family lived well until 1834, when Canute declared bankruptcy and sold most of their possessions. Thereafter, biographer Ed Morrow tells us, Canute could only find odd jobs, often accepted money from friends and relatives, and grew bitter and abusive, causing his wife Marischen to withdraw from the outside world and 15-year-old Hendrik to leave home and become a druggist's apprentice. Although young Hendrik first studied medicine, the theater soon attracted most of his interest, and in 1851, he became the manager and the official playwright of the newly built National Theater at Bergen, Norway, eventually writing the masterpieces Peer Gint, A Doll's House, and The Master Builder, works focusing on real-world social problems. 
Today is also the birthday in 43 BC of the Roman poet poet Ovid, in 1902 of American short story writer Catherine Forbes, in 1904 of American psychologist B.F. Skinner, in 1906 of American actor Ozzie Nelson, in 1908 of British actor Michael Redgrave, in 1918 of British jazz pianist Marion McPartland, in 1922 of American comedian, actor, and screenwriter Carl Reiner, in 1928 of American children's TV host Fred Rogers, in 1931 of American actor Hal Linden, in 1934 of 41st mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown, in 1936 of Maine-born comedian and musician Vaughn Meter. In 1937, of American country music singer, When You're Hot, You're Hot, Jerry Reed. In 1948, of the Canadian hockey player, Bobby Orr. In 1950, of American actor, William Hurt. In 1951, of American rock guitarist, Guy Perry, and blues guitarist, Jimmy Vaughn. In 1957, of American director, Spike Lee. And in 1958, of American actress, Holly Hunter. From Arno, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to today's 2023 vernal equinox, to the first official week of spring, and to the 12th week of the new year as we contemplate John Keats's human seasons in this lusty spring when fancy clear takes in all beauty with an easy span.